Yo, what's up, man? Welcome to another episode of Stay Rich in Spirit. You joining us again for our new series we're doing about commanding language. Not just the English language, not just spoken language, but language, period. And today I got a special guest, Erica, my good friend. We're going to be talking about language, but the language we're talking about today, uh, we actually going to be talking about language overall, but then we're going to, the conversation um, should flow into a conversation that is framing energy as a language and how we speak energy, how we understand energy, and how we command energy. So, um, yeah, with that being said, give it up for my good guest, Erica. Hey. Hello. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, long (laughs) overdue, long overdue, long overdue. So I kind of gave you a little bit of a heads Mm -hmm. up about our discussion today, but I want to talk about a little bit yesterday, my Mm -hmm. experience that kind of like really had my mind spinning about you know, this discussion. Yeah. So um, I had a pop-up yesterday with uh, Gifted Curators in D.C. on Adams Morgan. Mm-hmm. So um, after the pop-up, uh, well, during the pop-up, one of my clients, her name was Nadia. Nadia, okay. Right? But she spelled it N-A-D-J-A. Right. Like Naja. Naja. Right. Okay. So I had to make a note, like pronounce it phonetically. I'd like to do, know that, what I mean? I do <laughs> like, that too for people. Yeah. So it was crazy because <laughs> she is from uh, Somalia, and mm. her name comes from the Quran. And I thought it was interesting that she spells it with a J because the English alphabet doesn't have a sound to adequately. Mm-hmm. Um, translate her name into english language okay and you encounter that a lot when you're translating things from one language into another Mm -hmm. right so for me i just thought it was interesting because with language in itself and this idea of understanding language versus commanding language i'm not necessarily speaking about languages individually so i'm not talking about english i'm not talking about spanish latin greek Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I'm not talking about the Phoenician. I'm talking about sounds like and the fact that we use sounds to conjure up um, words to define things. Mm -hmm. So we can have a word like concept. Right. And you you're thinking like concept is like it's like an intangible type thing. It's not like a thing. And you could say that is a concept. But you're thinking like, how does someone determine that this is the way that we mm-hmm. should um spell or say or believe that like, this is the idea that we're trying to frame in the yeah. word so then you start looking at what do the sounds mean what do the do the alphabets have definitions i'd be lost when this words to have um unnecessary letters in it like <laughs> you lost me with lasagna and bologna like did we really need that or were you just trying to fish to make this long um but no it's very complex especially when you're talking about languages that are big on characters and stuff like that like with mandarin there's characters and then they have they translate those characters using english or like our alphabet but it still sounds a completely different way so you need i forgot what it's um, called, but you need to be able to read that as an English speaking person to understand how to say it in Mandarin, but that still is represented by other characters. So how do you get to those characters to this English? It's 
just a couple letters in our alphabet compared to thousands of characters in other languages. And this completely blows me, like completely blows me. Yeah, because we're really trying to get at sounds, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And clicks, like in the Mm -hmm. African um, continent and stuff like that, like, well, the country, whatever, um, they're clicks. They have like, I can't even do it with my tongue, but like, that's a part of their language as well. Mm -hmm. And I just be like, ooh. Yeah, no, that's complex for me. It gets super complex Mm -hmm. because, again, like another inspiration about this I'm having is that I'm studying the hieroglyphs. Okay. So when you study the hieroglyphs, you learn that in in their written version of their language, um, words can have three different meanings. Mm -hmm. You have uh, phonograms, ideograms, and determinatives. Phonograms mean that when you see this thing, it's what it sounds like. So okay. it's like uh, when you're spelling something out. How it's, yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. like if I want to spell out someone's name, if I want to spell Nefertiti, I'm going to say in, you know, it might, they don't Sounds use vowels yeah. often. Huh. So a lot of times it's just N, F, you know what I'm saying, T, T. Like Yahweh. Exactly, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then you also have ideograms. An ideogram is the it's it's the 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 thing itself so like a b could represent the letter b or it could represent a b <laughs> like b e e you get yes, what i'm saying I got you. like it, it's it's a complex thing uh-huh. but we start realizing like all languages have those things you uh-huh. know and that's kind of how i got in on this pilgrimage of language and sounds you know but I revisited some of our conversations and I was like, wow, how can I mold mm-hmm. this idea I have into a dialogue that me and you can have about um, some of the conversations we've had in the mm-hmm. past, you know, like, and that's exactly what clicked in my mind. I'm like, energy, energy is a language. Like, can you is. read a room? Like, mm-hmm. um, do you, do you understand what I'm putting down? Are you picking it up? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's kind of like where we got here. So, again, uh, we're talking about speaking a language versus commanding a language. Can you um, be very specific about what you mean by commanding a language? When I say commanding a language, um, okay, so we could take the, we let's just take the English language, for instance, okay. right? So, you can have the English language, and let's just say the basic principles of the English language, we can start with the English alphabet, A, mm-hmm. B, C, D, E, F, G, all I'm the way to Z, notes, right? I'm taking notes, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> all the way to Z, right? A mm-hmm. through Z. So, um, and then take in Nadia, like, yes. you know, the Nadia, Nadia type of situation. So, depending on where you're from, if you're from Africa or Europe, mm-hmm. the way that um, the the value of the sounds might be different. Yeah. You know, like it's when the N word, the ER versus the A type situation, like, yep. and the vowel, the the sound itself has a value. The the letters themselves have a value. So how you use those letters, how you use those sounds to mm-hmm. come up with words or to define concepts can be completely different based on where you're coming from. I would go as far as saying that you don't even have to leave the country because even in the United States, in, instead of using her name, you can just use the word aunt. Some people say aunt. Mm-hmm. Some people say aunt. And it's still read the same way. And you would be correct with both ways that you say it, but it's just subject to sound and location. Yes, it's, it's subject to sound and location. And in the, in the term, in the use of a term like aunt, it's like, you know, it's generally widely mm-hmm. acceptable. Yep. But in other situations, how people compile language or how people use letters to compile words or to mm-hmm. create words, um, you can be looked at as inferior. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Or you can't talk or you don't speak well or you yes. don't know the king's English. Yes. Right. So when you start looking at, mm-hmm. ing- at, the, at language as a hierarchy, 
you start realizing like, okay, uh, we're demeaning the way that this person uses the language. Okay, I can agree to that. So I'm just going to say this um, full transparency. I'm saying it now because the people that are watching this are going to figure it out regardless, but I'm from Baltimore. So Yo town. Yeah, so if I say you, too, or do, it's like, oh, you're from Baltimore, and then immediately people start to cast judgment and all types of stuff. I literally considered going to a speech pathologist so that I could learn how to say it correctly just so that I could have what would be perceived as the upper hand because once they locate where you're from, decide what the value is of that location, and then they put you into that category. So I'm like, I speak pretty well but now that you can identify where you believe i'm from and then the quality of the people from there it's just like oh it's just this bitch from baltimore (laughs) 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 but that's so serious though right we kind of try to like Mm -hmm. train the where we from out of how we speak yeah and that's not all that's not necessarily fair that's not about a long shot i don't think that's necessarily fair and i think it also contributes to the conversation of equity Mm -hmm. you know what does equity mean in a social setting like what is social equity social equity um if we really trying to get down to the meat and potatoes of those things is how people manifest ideas is how people manifest truths is how many people express themselves how Mm -hmm. they um express their feelings and things like that but if we make it like like, okay, the only way that what you're saying can be known as formal or the only way that what you're saying can be known as appropriate or proper yeah, appropriate is proper, if you yep. speak the way that someone else's talks from some place that you're not from yes. and who comes from a cultural background that you're not from and who comes from a um, socioeconomic ethnic background that mm-hmm. you're not from. So you're automatically detached from decorum. You're automatically detached from the hierarchy, from an onset. You actually yeah. have to learn how somebody else was raised and how they were taught to talk for you to participate yep. in the big game. Mm-hmm. I agree. You that's know, and that and that's where and that's where I get into this idea of commanding language. Like those who are able to command language, sometimes it's commanding somebody else's language. You know, I know especially a, a few African-American men and women who command the king's English very, very well. So just well-versed. What'd that mean? Um, I guess when I would think of well-versed, they understand the, the nuances. They understand, like, everything that you just explained, they understand that. So no one can, I guess, sun them to a certain extent. Like, I know this. Well, sh- should I know more about your language than you know. So I'm going to keep talking this way, but trust me, you can't come for me type yes. of thing. Like, commanding it. Like, I I get it. Exactly. I'm still not even going to use it, but, I, I mean, you can flow. It's like code switching within language. Exactly. Yeah. And, then okay. when, and then we take it a step further for those who can command language itself. People who understand the power of sounds and the power of words and the significance of those things and use it to create and manifest new ideas. I think hip hop is like one of the best examples. The first person I actually talked to about this topic was a battle rapper. Mm. You know, because I think that is very unique how they take English words and they also take in the background like, oh, this has to rhyme and I have to command this language to achieve a task. It's like welding. To a certain extent, how you mm-hmm. can manipulate metal. Like, I've definitely, not that I'm a Nikki fan, but also no offense to Nikki. Like, she's still a beautiful person. But um, Lil Wayne as well, he's been doing this my entire life. But mm-hmm. the way that he can bend the English language, I mean, 
It's amazing. There's so many examples. Yeah. Like, I think Andre 3000 is like oh one of gosh, the most I talented. I call them word benders, like yes. Avatar. You know what I mean? Hell like, yeah. He's like one of the best word benders uh-huh. that I've ever had the pleasure of listening to, you know? He's so, like, talented. when we get into these word benders, we just realize that that um, words and letters is just the the vehicle we're speaking about yeah. in this reference you know the same thing can be applied to every way that people interact and exchange yeah. and communicate like how are we communicating how we are exchanging like all of this thing is essentially energy and that's what i'm getting back down to like mm-hmm. the letters like the letters have an energy the sounds have an energy you know like yeah. when we speak we're we're setting off a vibration of frequency into the universe you know or into someone's e- ears mm-hmm. like straight to their consciousness or subconsciousness we're going to do a talk about consciousness <laughs> another day because i had a whole bunch of ideas about that right but we're getting into those things so like how do we approach um this idea of language communication and expression with an intentionality to like not only know what we're doing yeah. but like to expect certain outcomes from what we're doing you know and you know, that's what my that's what my mind was at. You <laughs> feel me? <laughs> These are the things that I think about on uh <laughs> on most days, you feel me? Like so but you're a very you have a very unique energy about you. Like, um and what is your interpretation of energy? Like Um, let's see. That's a very vague question, but like how do you perceive energy? When someone talks about energy, what are you thinking about? I look at all of us like um, electromagnetic fields, I guess. Wow. So, like, you ever walk past, like, a radio or something like that, and it makes that staticky sound, and mm-hmm. you're like, why is this happening? But we have that effect as well. Like, we have our own energy. I mean, just like you said, it doesn't have to be spoken. It's just kind of felt. Um, and another person can pick up on that energy without having to use words. Kind of like how me connecting my um, AirPod to my phone is Bluetooth. And we can kind of Bluetooth download stuff with mm-hmm. each other, which is why two people can be in a room and no matter how many people is in there, it's either, oh, but we'll get to that, the nonverbal communication with like eyes and stuff like that. But even without looking at someone, you can still get a vibe off of them. But vibrations, which is um, vibes is the short, you know, shortened version of that, is still different. Unless vibrations is a type of energy. I do know frequency is a measurement of energy and vibrations, which is also another conversation as well. But it's all connected. But it's all connected. Yes, but to answer your question, I just consider it to be like an electromagnetic field. Yeah, it's very connected. Mm -hmm. Because that's the old, that's the, uh, what's the word I want to use? Architectonic point Mm -hmm. of this whole conversation, you know, because when we start getting the frequencies, we start getting the vibrations, we start getting the energy, we start looking at ourselves as... um, animalistic spiritual beings yeah spiritual you know self-respect. What I mean? so like a part of understanding or part of um harmonizing your frequency to that spiritual level mm-hmm. is understanding the value of the tools you have around you and understanding yourself as a tool in itself mm-hmm. like you know so you have an impact on the environment around you and the environment around you mm-hmm. has an impact on yourself and yep. A part of that spiritual journey is becoming interconnected with the world, your environment, and your environment also becoming uh, an, an essential part of who you are. You know, I agree with that. Like so, that's that's where I'm. That's where that's where a lot of things are just pushing right now. Like mm-hmm. who who am I and in relation? Like 
not who am I alone Yeah, because I'm not alone. I don't live in a world alone. Mm -hmm. Who am I in relation to others? Like how does my energy impact others? How does the energy of others impact me? And how are we all a, how can Mm. we achieve perfect harmony? This is the part where I say something that is overly used, but still relevant is the empath. Because what you just said is the formula for an overthinking empath. The same way, um, I don't even ha- know how to put this, but what, what movie was it? Um, the Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that uh, TV show where you got the, um, all of them have superpowers and they're like brother and sister or whatever. And there's oh, this yeah, one yeah, yeah, yeah. who he could see dead people. Like everybody that's dead, he could see them, but nobody else could see these ghosts the, except for him. Died. Yes, mm-hmm. and then he could see them too. So when you are intuitive or an empath, you can feel energy way stronger than everybody else. Mm-hmm. So everybody else in the room just sees some people sitting on the couch. But when you come in there and you're big on reading energy, it's like the thickest cloud in the room and you can just, it's constantly vibrating constantly vibrating it's a recalibration it's taken into consideration and then it teeters on people pleasing when you are so preoccupied with trying to regulate energy that you're doing whatever you think that person needs in order to level it out it's it's overwhelming so as you're saying this i'm like god this is what i have to deal with every day (laughs) i hate it but But, yeah but yeah you know but again like we hate it but at the end of the day the practice is what is going to allow us to be able to command it better than others you know Like, you see that you can't even command something you don't see. That's true. You know, so a part of being an empath is, and even with him, like, he got to a point in the Umbrella Academy show, he got in a point where at first the, his empathetic, um, he was running from this position. He was much. running from yeah. it. Like he couldn't control it. You mm-hmm. know, like he just had dead people like bothering <laughs> him all him. day, you know, yeah. and especially somebody that and one of the people he had a special connection with. Mm-hmm. And he lived in a room where seven, eight other people had a special connection with yeah. this person that they couldn't, but they couldn't connect with him like him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So they trying to talk to him through his, but you see as he got older, more mature and more wise and, his ability and more comfortable with himself, mm-hmm. he was able to command that energy and command that power yeah. and be able to utilize all of the people and spirits that he had access to. That's you true. know? And I, I think that that's show. the journey that I think that's the journey that empath empaths are on mm-hmm. for the most part. Like I feel all of these things. I've been feeling all of these different emotions. I've been feeling all of these different energies from for my entire life, you mm-hmm. know. And for sometimes it could be overwhelming. Sometimes it can cause anxiety, you know. But how what steps do I need to take in the process of being able to mm-hmm. command all of this energy that I am sensing and feeling around me? That's the thing that mm. I want to open up conversation about in hopes that people who can identify with it and people who can relate with it can learn something from and take it with them, you know, in their lives, you know? When it comes to the concept of commanding, I guess even we're talking about energy right now, there's your perception of how well you believe that you're commanding energy and then the people on the receiving end, like how they feel like you're commanding energy. So for instance, I'm not a man. So when I make the statement, please correct me if I'm saying anything that's inappropriate or wrong. (laughs) But men have this thing where I'm a man, my nigga, I see you, but like, I'm still my man. You still your own man. Like, as long as you respect me, I'm going to respect you. But if a man sees another man that seems to be commanding the energy, if his energy isn't regulated, it 
it exposes insecurities and then all of a sudden you can see it. Like now his energy has changed. So for instance, with you, you are a very comfortably present man. That's the best way that I can put it. You don't walk into any space with the expectation of, yeah, y'all niggas see me. I'm in the building, blah, blah, blah. You just like real, just giving <laughs> peace. Zen, I still beat your ass type of energy. <laughs> And if it's another man, so you're commanding your own energy. And then I guess the vibration of that flows over to other people. But if that vibration is flowing to another person who now that's making him question his own energy, it then exposes insecurities. And that's when you get that weird, silent competition that nobody else in the room probably knows about. But as a man, you can kind of pick up on that. So, yeah, you're commanding the energy, but... That's your perception. And now he's feeling some other way. And I mean, it's the same with women. We can definitely talk about that. But mm -hmm. there's two parts of that, which is how you feel like you're presenting commanding energy and then how it's perceived by others. Yeah, that's real. But like, again, I'm I'm commanding my energy and mm -hmm. my energy is a part of the collective energy in that room. Mm. You know, like the only thing I control is my troops. Like I'm mm -hmm. commanding my troops. Okay, it's another general in here. They got troops too. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? But me and me and the thing about uh, I can't speak for all men, but I can speak for myself. Like mm -hmm. the moment I walk into a room, I'm communicating with everybody in there. Like, like I'm locking eyes with everybody in there. Like every man, every woman. Like I am. I want to see, like, I need to know who in here, first I of all. I don't do that at all. I'm, I'm big on that. <laughs> I don't do that at I'm all. I'm big on that. Like, I assess everything when I walk in a room. Like, when I walk in a room, I want to know everybody who's together. Like, I want to know, like, if there's any tension between other groups in the room. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to know, is anybody looking at me crazy that I need to watch out for? You know, like, mm -hmm. I'm looking at, is somebody staring? Like, I'm looking at all of these different things so that I can assess what type of energy that they bring it into the space, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, once I can assess the energy that somebody's bringing into the space, then I have a better chance at commanding that energy. Like, now, commanding energy doesn't mean that you have absolute command over energy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It just means that you have the ability to command it, you know? Okay. So you you have the potential to command it. You have a greater potential to command this energy than anyone else, you know? It's like... um the person who could de-escalate a situation, you know, mm -hmm. like those two people, the two, the, the he, they might be in the middle of it, but the two uh, juxtaposed po uh, poles, like they have their own energy that's mm -hmm. trying to direct and direct confrontation and conflict with this opposite side. But there's there's someone who could get in there and transform their energy. So I always try to do that as well. I try to be a, a, a agent of transformation. Okay. So, like, if somebody walks into my space in a negative mood, like, you can't have a negative mood around me. Why? I don't allow it. Now, if we're still talking about what you can control, what part of someone else having a negative mood can you control? I can control you can go. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you say your space, you mean, like, this building? My space. My space is me. Like, I am the space. Like, the place that I occupy is not the space. My body is the space. Like, okay. So if someone's occupying my space, like, with some energy that I feel like is not conducive or productive to what I'm, what my paradigm, I have to either be able to transform that energy or remove that energy. But I either way, I'm commanding it. I'm either commanding that spirit to leave <laughs> 
or I'm commanding that spirit to change. And what happens when they don't agree with you moving? I haven't been through that yet. Okay. I haven't experienced that yet. So I'll explain to you what it's like when I come into a room. The first thing that I do is walk through the door. Like right now, like let's say it was filled with people in here. I would come through the door and I would find, immediately just scan the room very quickly for an empty spot. And then I will focus all of my attention to that spot. I already know that everyone's going to look <laughs> at me walk in. So I'm already commanding the attention. And now I'm going to stand in the back. So when I turn around and I sit still, either those people are still going to be looking at me or they're going to focus back on each other. And now I'm just a, a, a fly on the wall now. So now I can analyze every single thing. So let's say I came over here. Another thing that I do is go to the bathroom. I don't even have to use the bathroom. Anytime I walk into a room, I'm looking for the emergency exit in the bathroom. <laughs> That's it. So I can anticipate, you know, in case of an emergency, but then also so that I can scan the room. The bathroom is usually the furthest thing away from me, and I get to walk through everybody. Is it an ex in here, a bitch that want to fight me, um, niggas that I'm trying to avoid? Is it my aunt here, and I need to be careful of my behavior? Like, I can just be aware of all types of things. Um, but, yeah, I don't immediately walk in and, like, scan the room. I let them see me. <laughs> it's so crazy that you say that, right? Because we completely different in mm -hmm. that way. Like you say, you walk in a room and look for an empty space. Mm -hmm. I walk in a room and look for the space that I want. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, as like, soon as I walk into the room, I'm like, oh, I want to be right there. Like, and it's, if it's somebody right there in my mind, I'm flying. Like, how the, can how the can people I get pleaser that space in on? me, rec recovering people pleaser? Let me just say that. Um, I don't know why, and I say this under the umbrella of humility, but my energy that you stated, most people say I either have a very calm energy or, again, the example that I gave of you, it, it, ex like, it bothers people's spirit who are not aligned properly within themselves. Yeah. And then comes the uh and the uh, and I'm just like, look, I'm just trying to pass out hugs and dab <laughs> niggas up, like, what's going on here? So I do have a tendency to, like, dim my own light, like, it's enough that people can still see me, but not as bright as other people, because I'm always just trying to find some level playing field where I don't have to be constantly challenged. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I don't have the same perception of things as you. Yeah. It's just like... Yeah, I be looking... I immediately, I, I immediately look for where do I want to be positioned at? Mm -hmm. Like, and if it's somebody occupying that position, then, then I'm, I'm looking at, uh, like, how can I overthrow... <laughs> that, that person nope. like I'm the type of person I'll be sitting in my seat like and I want another seat and I'm just watching just waiting no I don't disagree with that but the difference being is that you said you'll come into the spot you'll identify where you want to be stationed at regardless of who is there by the time I get to the back where that vending machine is I've already sat down nobody's looking at me now a select few and now I'm assessing the entire room so I can now I've gr I've drawn a mental map of all of the energy all of the people everything and now i can decide where i want to be how i'm going to get there and what it would take like literally do i come over here with jokes it's like a it's like a camouflage it's like a psychological camouflage and as a bringing up zodiacs as a cancer i'm an emotional manipulator not because i want to be but it's just like it's in me i don't really have to work that hard to figure out like i said with the show that i gave you i got emotions flowing through me just like that nigga with all them dead niggas that the <laughs> average person can't see so it's like well if they gonna be bothering me i might as well use them to my advantage so i feel the energy out if i see four women standing over here and they all got a 
50 inch middle part bust down. I know I'm not going to be able to come over there tell my son, hey, you guys, and did it that. They're going to be looking at me like, bitch, what? So I have to just, you have to analyze your audience. And I'm able to do that in the back with the vending machine. I figure out where I want to be at. What do I have to bring? What energy? It's like going in my Rolodex of like vibes. Like, hmm, this one will work. And that's what I do. Word. Yeah. I'm going to just go over there. I hey, see. I'm going to go over there. <laughs> And you either gonna invite me, or you gonna do it anyway. Or you gonna get uncomfortable and leave. <laughs> like it's gonna be one or the other. Like well, with that being said, like if you listening, like comment below. Like what do you do when you walk into a room? Mm-hmm. You know, like do you think you're good at reading energy? You know, do you think that you change the energy when you walk into a space? Like we interested, we want to know. Let's dialogue. Yeah. Let's talk. You know, so I think for me, like I said, my goal, even with emotional manipulation, I'm not the person I'm more like the mom that's putting vegetables in your fruit smoothie. I know what's good for you. But if I just give you these vegetables, you're not going to eat it. But if I put it in the fruit smoothie, you're going to get all the things that you need. So I strive for win win situations. So me wanting to sit over there with the girls with the, you know, beautiful weave and you know name brand everything and the certain type of whatever look maybe they're standing in front of the window that has a really beautiful view of the moon and I want to see it but I don't want to make them uncomfortable like I can't imagine walking to a space and making somebody uncomfortable because it would make me uncomfortable because now their energy is like turned up to a thousand now I'm in this emotional furnace and I can't I can't function so I always look for ways to like People please my way into pleasing people while I am also happy. So now they can get out of my way and I can look at the moon. I don't even want to talk to y'all about whatever y'all talking about. <laughs> I just want to see the moon. How do I get over here without making everybody uncomfortable? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with <laughs> you there. I'm with you there. I mean, I came for the moon. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, y'all going to let me watch this moon? Or no. I'm going to say it with a smile. <laughs> like, I'm going to smile the whole time. Like, y'all going to let me watch this moon? <laughs> like... Or, or y'all just gonna haul it? Mm-hmm. Like, like, no, it ain't, it ain't. Let's keep in mind too the dynamic between a man and a woman is very different. So you don't have to do what I had to do to come over there and stand beside four women. One thousand percent. Okay, as long as we know that. Okay, well, but but <laughs> I, but that doesn't mean that it's any easier or difficult for either side because women, women, especially when all of the women find each other attractive. Okay, yeah, they're much more inviting of one another. Whereas with a man, like, it's pretty much if they find you attractive, mm-hmm. funny, or something like, or rich. In your competition. Yeah, you have to be either funny, fine, or wealthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, if you're trying to, like, uh, manipulate them, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, easily. You yeah. feel me? Like, so, it, it is different. It is a different dynamic, you know? But at the end of the day, like, I don't give a damn whether <laughs> you attracted it to me or not. Like, that's genuinely not a part. I'm not even no. here for you. I'm here for the moon, for the moon. again. <laughs> like, for the goddamn moon. <laughs> I'm here for the moon. Like, I'm here for the moon. Yeah. But, yeah, man, like, uh, again, anything you practice at, you get better. Mm-hmm. You know, but you also have to have the, you have to be on the field, like, <laughs> which is the which is the other part. Anything you practice that you get better, but you have to have the God given ability to be on the field. Like without yes. it, you're, you're always going to be competing with yourself. I agree. So then that leads to um, continuing with energy, which is still nonverbal communication, which is body language. Yes. Okay. Body language. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
So the age old, there's certain ones that everybody is aware of. Like if you're crossing your arm or if I was to cross my leg in the opposite direction of you, it's it's almost like I'm trying to hide this, that, and the third. Like it's, it's certain stuff that we all know about. But then now you get into the age of like ADHD yes. and anxiety and things like that and neurodivergent where certain people are doing things that you don't realize is their nonverbal way of saying that they are uncomfortable or they are coping with a situation. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or masking. Like it's, it's all types of things. And then this usually happens in public places where everybody is drunk or high and listening to loud music with their peers. And it's just like, but, but, but again, like a lot of people don't speak the language. Don't speak. But a lot of people don't, let me reset. Okay. A lot of people don't speak body language. Okay. You know, like the subtleties of someone's reactions and responses physically mm -hmm. to you tells you a lot that a lot of times people ignore, you know, like before. And I and I learned this teaching. Yeah. Like when you step in front of a classroom, like I know when my students are engaged or when my students are like lost in the sauce or when they got something else on their mind. I would think teachers are like DJs then. Cause if you're a really good DJ, you have to be very aware. You can't be those DJs that have your back to your crowd. Cause you have to feed off of their energy. You got to see what they vibing with. And that's the same with a teacher. So it's like without music, but it's still words. So it's, just, it's the language. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you have to have your body language headphones on. Mm -hmm. you so know you what can, and yeah. on you got your body language headphones on transparency, mm -hmm. you know, like, so I'm talking to you. I'm hearing everything. I'm 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 I'm, I'm in dialogue with you. Right? Their engagement, their questions. If and they ev blink. everybody, because mm -hmm. you might have a group that's engaged, and you might just have one student whose body language is completely off. Mm -hmm. So how do I bring this student into harmony, and not disrupt the harmony that I've already achieved with these other twenty nine students? Or the other part about being a teacher, which I my heart really goes out to you guys, is the fact that if the assumption is what is causing the student to be in disharmony while the rest of them, this nigga don't live at school. So we don't even know what they're going through That's, that is taking them away. So it's not you whatsoever. But how do we not internalize their lack of attention? Like, oh, it's not me. I'm doing everything correctly. Like, do we pull them over at the end of the class? Like, hey, are you doing okay? Yeah, my life sucks. I thought about committing suicide yesterday, but I didn't. So here I am in class. Or most of them just be like, oh, I'm cool, teach. Like, it's so much to it. It's, it's a lot to it. Yeah. So then you kind of like... But that's why it's really important to know your students, too, mm -hmm. like to have an idea of what could it possibly be and how can I uniquely get this person back? Yeah. Like, and, and it's like that in all situations. It's not just in a student situation. It could be like that in a relationship. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like you could really see somebody who's like listening to you, but like their body language mm. is literally contradicting every word that's mm. coming out of their mouth. Like they say they're listening, but their idea of listening is saying, yeah, uh-huh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know mm. what I mean? Like, so, mm. like, but then how can I rope you back in? Like, how can I, like you were saying, it's mm. using emotional intelligence. How can I use my emotional intelligence to bring you back into the fold without, um, without uh, infringing on mm -hmm. your space, though? Like, I have to make you willingly come into harmony. Because if mm -hmm. I force you into harmony, mm -hmm. then, again, it, it, we are only going to be, we're only going to be in sync for as long as I'm paying specific attention to you. Yeah. My goal is to give you a particular um, attention while remaining 
while keeping discretion, discretion, yes. you know. And then once I get you back into the fold, the focus back on the whole. Like, the like whole. I'm trying yeah. to get you back into what I'm talking about so that I can just focus on what I'm talking about. I don't want to just focus on feeds on um, tending to you while I'm trying to get at a bigger point. Because mm. mm. that's what happens sometimes. A lot of times we'll forget the bigger point because someone is out of harmony. Like mm-hmm. we'll forget harmony itself and just yeah. start focusing on disharmony. And then we forget the overall reason for why this conversation needed to be had in the first place. So it, I, get th- I guess it depends on the reason why the conversation is being had in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I have a bunch of C's when it comes to relationships, which I am not doing relationships right now because I suck at a couple of these C's, okay? okay. <laughs> I suck at a couple of them. But you have communication, mm-hmm. then you have comprehension, mm-hmm. and then conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um if the overall goal is to resolve the conflict and then you communicate that, but you're not focusing on how that person comprehends information, then it doesn't matter what you do after that. It's like I'm giving you instructions in English and you speak Spanish. If you can't comprehend what I'm saying, it doesn't matter how long I speak to you in English. It's pointless. It doesn't matter why I'm trying to resolve this conflict because it's pointless. So a lot of times when people are so hell-bent on getting their point across using sound and using energy and then the body language that comes with conflict resolution, if you don't understand what my um, comprehension style is, then or if you don't adapt your communication to match my comprehension style, then it's pointless. It's super pointless, but that's where we get to the difference between speaking language Mm -hmm. and commanding language. Because when you command language, it's not just yours. Language is something that doesn't belong Mm -hmm. to you. Yeah. Right? So a part of understanding their their comprehension is understanding the the value they place on words in the first place Mm -hmm. and what words move them and what words don't move them, right? Do you constantly command? Are there any instances where you just kind of fall short? You lose your temper... You lose your temper. Like today, before I even came here, my mom was doing some things and I was not commanding language the way that I could. I did not appreciate the energy she was bringing and I was attempting to close the door and she was trying to keep me from closing the door. And I'm like, ma'am, I think the conversation is done. I don't want to do this. I don't think I did a good job of commanding. I don't think I did a good job. So you don't have moments like that where you just like, I hear what you're saying and it sounds great in theory, but in, in practice, there aren't. Can you give me an example of when you didn't command? But it's an ability. Okay. It's not a virtue. Okay. You know what I mean? It's not like a way of life. It's just an ability. You know, like I could be really good at shooting a jumper. Like I could have the best three-point jump shot. And <laughs> you said you could. I, I could have the I best three-point jumper in the world. <laughs> that don't mean I make every tra- everything. Oh, that's true. You yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like I might shoot 60 70%, and the average person might shoot 25%, you know, but I still know that I'm really good. At a really good jump shooter. You I know love what embarrassing I mean? like, grown men at Dave and Buster's. Oh, Dave and Buster's. <laughs> does that even count? Is it that called regulation? It does because when you've been drinking and it's the last thing at night that people want to do after talking trash, it's just like, I mean, I could do it on a basketball court too, but no one wants to go to a basketball court at one o'clock in the morning. It's just that drunk smack talk like, ah, I can beat you. Can you though? <laughs> can you? But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Yo, I will fuck you <laughs> up, bro. <laughs> like, 
Real talk, right? For the record, I just want you to know that a lot of people say that. Real talk, A lot of people say that. We can get it on camera, bro. A lot of people say that. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, bro. We're going to do a (laughs) follow-up. We're going to get y'all some some extra content uh, of the David Buster's competition for real. You got everybody on golf. I'll give you that. I suck. I mean, I'll still play golf, but I just, I'm not really good at it. And I hit left-handed. I'm not even left-handed. That's how I know I'm flicked I'm not supposed to be playing golf. What you mean? Um, I, I'm right-handed. I can't hit so, the ball with right-handed clubs. I have to use left-handed. Do you do anything else with your left hand? Um, sometimes when I shoot basketball, like technically this hand is supposed to guide it, but sometimes I'll actually shoot with my left hand too. And so are you slightly ambidextrous? Only with regards to sports. Hmm. Okay, that's going to leave me a whole nother tangent. Well, yeah, so I do fall short sometimes, like, but even even still, like, it's just moments, though. Like, I can correct myself quickly. But I don't argue with people. Like, I'm not an argumentative person. I'm not a, um, you smack your teeth. That was me preventing myself from cutting you off so I can continue to listen. No, go ahead. Um, what I've learned about myself via other people, you know, responding, they also know that I don't argue. So you're not going to get a blah, blah, blah out of me. Won't do it. <laughs> but if we're talking about energy, like the conversation began with, it still cuts people. I mean, we may not slash people with this like hard ass blade, but we take it ever so slightly and just go straight across their neck. But niggas still going to die, yo. Yeah, that's so real. Not b- yelling, minus the tone, it still but hits real hard. When I say I don't argue, I don't argue non verbally. I just genuinely, if I genuinely don't care, like I got genuinely don't be caring, like, and that's that's probably been uh, that see caring should be one of my C's, right? Because mm-hmm. like a lot of times, like if it's not about about what? About what? If it's not about, like, uh, the main thing. What's the main thing? <laughs> the main thing is different for everybody. For you. For me. So, like, Something if it's, that you care about. If it's a situation, like, say, with my business partnership in the shop. Mm-hmm. If it's something like that, like, if my business partner has, like, any type, if me and him disagree about anything outside of business, I don't care. And if we disagree about business, what are we disagreeing about? And mm-hmm. why do we disagree about this? Like, but those questions show that you care. So that's still logical caring. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's logical caring. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. I'm really about the logistics. I do care about the logistics. Like, that's one thing I will say. I care about the logistics. I care about the how things are getting done. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care about problems. I will say, like, I, I don't care, care about, about the issues. Lot. I don't care about any issue or conflict I have. I care about, okay, we've identified this issue or conflict. Now, like, now what? But I feel like that is a part of it is getting to figuring out the issue. So when you say you don't care about problems, I am the problem solver. I'm the problem solver before people realize that they have a problem because I just pick up on their energy and their vibe and I'm like, ooh, something's off. And I just pay attention to their patterns. And then I start to ask questions. Then once I figure it out, I solve the problem before they realize that it was even happening I'm in my same, spare time. But I'm the same way. Like, I, I try to solve things at inception. Like, before, like, if I sense something, we are going to address it right then. Like, so I don't have this, 
I don't have these things of unaddressed problems. Mm-hmm. Like all my problems was addressed the moment that I sent something. Like I'm addressing it. I'm verbalizing mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Like, yo, what's up with this? Yo, what's up with that? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I'm very I don't assertive. care enough to like hold stuff back. I don't care enough to be overly emotional about a thing. Like, not saying that I don't get over I don't have emotions. Like I get emotional about things. But do I care about my emotions enough for it to again overrun my logic you know you mm-hmm. you the cancer i'm the capricorn like i got like seven capricorns in my joint in my charts like is I'm, it your big three no so my, your my capricorn big, son do, do you have any others in your big three uh scorpio is my moon uh-huh and, um, <sighs> give me that rising get it get uh it, hold on i'm gonna look it up on the app talk okay, to people. people so here's the thing so I would say, of course, your sun, moon, rising, your Venus matters in your Mars because your Mars is how you communicate. So um, for him to say he's a Capricorn sun, I am a Capricorn rising. For him to say he is a Scorpio moon, you said, Uh I am a fire sign moon. So when it comes to logic and asserting and things like that, I'm a cancer when it matters with regards to showing love and making people metaphorical cookies and how can I make your day better but that fire sign moon and if you think about it the moon is the moon you see it every single day for the most part it comes out at night goes away comes out so that fire sign keeps revolving it keeps staying here and my Capricorn is big like how I move logically how I move with business how I move with regards to being organized that's my Capricorn so if we're putting our our placements on the table, Let's my cat be capping, okay? My cat be capping. <laughs> I am a Capricorn sun. Okay. I am a Scorpio moon. Water sign. And my ascendant is Gemini. Okay. So if we're talking about the moon and we understand how the moon works again with water as well, his moon is ruled by water. So that means just as emotional as Cancers have the capacity to be. Scorpios do too, but you guys are like the fire signs of water signs. So you have a air sign, a water sign, and an earth sign. I have a, a water sign, an earth sign, and a fire sign. So I think we're we're pretty similar. Oh, what's your Mars? My Mars is Sagittarius. Fire sign. And what is your Venus? Um Aquarius. That's dangerous. We'll talk about that another Everything time. Everything else is Capricorn. My um, Venus is Gemini. That's also Except dangerous. Except for Pluto. My Pluto and Scorpio. Okay. That Venus ain't no joke. We'll talk about that another day. That's also why I'm terrible at dating, now by the way. you scaring me. All right. So, <laughs> so, so it's set. So the next... So the next podcast is going to be about our charts. <laughs> yes. We about to really dive into our charts, y'all. Like, and hopefully, you know, you guys can you guys can send us information about. We're gonna do that live. We're gonna do. We're gonna get people charts live. Oh my gosh. What's up? You That's down? Be funny. Hell yeah. <laughs> they be like, oh, my ex was a blah blah blah. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So, yes, we have unfortunately reached our time 
for this podcast, man. I'm really, 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 really thankful for having yeah, you all today. This was man. fun. This was so much fun. It and really we was. really praying that you'll come back again and talk to us. You know, we got a lot of things to talk about. I really want to get into this. I think my next series is going to be on consciousness mm-hmm. and my ideology of consciousness. I'm with it. I take that uh, hour bop from Baltimore. <laughs> hey, straight from the yo <laughs> town. She was driving, man. okay? She was driving, driving. Her commute was longer than the show. <laughs> but I appreciate wow. you a thousand percent, man. You're welcome. But everybody listening. But before I end, I want to give a couple of black-owned businesses some shout-outs, man. Mm-hmm. Shout-out to Velvet Noir, a beard oil company. That's my boy down in Texas, a good, good brother. Shout-out to some of the most amazing tattoo artists I know at Body of Ink Tattoo Studio. Shout-out to Rich Grills, the number one leader in dental regalia. Mm-hmm. Shout-out to everybody out here doing their thing, the movers and shakers of the world. It's you guys that keep the world going. It's y'all that keep the world spinning, man. So, with that being said, much love, respect, man. Shout-out to everybody with passion. Shout-out to everybody with purpose, man. We really here for the people. With that being said, peace, love, and light. I'll talk to y'all next time. See ya.